I'm Manda, and together we're Black Compat. We're a growing community focused on diversity, inclusion, representation, conversation, and fun on Twitch. Want to be fam? For chill community vibes, Wednesday nights at 7, join BC Row for the Wednesday wind down. Friday nights, join us for Let's Plays where we explore narrative and single player campaign games. Stop by on Fridays at 7. Catch our flagship podcast, The Tribunal, live every other Sunday at 3 p.m., where we talk about issues that are important to us as Black women. Issues like representation, inclusion, diversity, and more within the video games and entertainment industries. Check our channel and social handles to find out when a new tribunal is going to drop. We've got even more content on our YouTube channel, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter handles, and our website, blackandpat.com. So join in the conversation in whatever way you like at Black and Pat. Remember, always and never or. All times are Eastern. Hello, bastards and wenches, and welcome to our second Anime Boston 2023 interview podcast special. I am your King Baby Doc Evan Borgo. Thank you once again for tuning in. Today's interview features voice actress Christine Cabanos, best known for her role as Madoka in Puella Magi Madoka Magica. She is also known for voicing the titular Squid Girl, Azusa in Keon, Hotaru in Sailor Moon, and Mako in Kill la Kill. Outside of anime, she has played Amalia in Wakfu and Netgear in the Hyper Dimension Neptunia video game series. B3 was joined by Enchanting Sorcery Productions and Animazing Radio for this interview. Without further ado, let's destroy some witches and ink up for this Anime Boston 2023 interview podcast special with Christine Cabanos. We are from the Boston Bass Brigade. It's wonderful to have you here at Anime Boston. Oh, thanks. It's wonderful to be here. So I believe you made your anime voice acting debut with the character of Azusa. That's true. In K-On! As this was your first role, what was your mentality like behind the mic? And were you surprised by how popular both your character and the series would become? Um, Yeah. I mean, obviously I was super nervous because it was my first time. Having a like a lead role in anything like or it was a lead role, but like let alone first role in anything. And yeah, I actually knew a little bit about the show before. And the way I got the role is I actually requested to audition. And I kind of just told them I was like, "There's this character. I know it's not cast yet. Could I please audition for this?" And they let me, and I got it. And yeah, it kind of just all snowballed from there and I'm so glad that it became really popular and like yeah people to this day still love Azusa and I'm so grateful for that and I really one day want to have like a get the band back together and have like a reunion <laughs> tour with all of my girls because I miss them yeah I, I think a, I think a certain anniversary revolving around chaotic yeah right that. like yeah we should do I, I don't know how long how many years has it been some sort we should do some sort of like you know 10th year 15th year whatever how long it's been <laughs> probably closer to 15 now yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm still sitting at home and I passed down to that. Okay. Dougie here with Animazing Radio. Thank Hi. you so much for coming to Boston. Welcome oh, to yeah, I love it here. Thanks. And I was curious, what got you interested in becoming an actress and a voice actor? 
I mean, I've loved anime and animation since I was a kid. Like, you know, I grew up in the time of, like, everyone had Pokemon cards on the playground. Everyone, like, I would, like, get up early in the morning to watch Sailor Moon on TV and all that stuff. But um, I didn't realize what anime was until I watched um, Carcaptor Sakura, which was, like, a magical girl show. And I also, like, alongside that, I was a fan of the shows, and I did a lot of vocal training as I had grown up. I took piano, took lots of vocal lessons, I was in choir. So when it came time, like, out of high school to figure out, like, what I wanted to do, I kind of just put them together and realized, like, I would, you know, I feel like I have a pretty unique voice and I would like to try this, so I did. Yeah. And it's great to see that you have been a part of some... Uh, fantastic shows like Kenny on Kill the Kill, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. And what was it like to get into something as crazy as Kill the Kill? Um, that, that oddly, that felt very natural to me, and it was I loved being part of Kill the Kill. Fortunately, I had worked with the crew of Kill like the crew of Kill the Kill on other shows. Like uh, the director is Alex von David, producer was Hiroi uh, Sukumoto at Aniplex, and I had done shows for them like Blue Exorcist. They cast me as Madoka and Madoka Magica, so it was kind of just like, they're like my little work family, so it felt very natural to be there, and for some reason, I get cast a lot as the crazy, hyper, you know, spastic characters, so it's not that far of a reach for me, oddly. Cool, all right. Interesting. Thank you for coming. I'm Erin Spencer of uh, ESG and Shaming Sorcerer Productions. Oh, nice to meet you. I'm happy to have you here to meet you as well. So... In queer circles, as I run, it's all sort of queer-based. Amaya Ibuki is a pretty popular character. Oh, really? So, yeah. So, I mean, it was one of, I think, for a lot of aging millennials like myself, she was kind of like an early lesbian awakening for a lot of us. Oh. Think, yeah, until the very end, mm-hmm. when you have that last shot, and you're like, oh, everything makes sense. Yeah. So have you had any uh, queer uh, individuals come up to you other than myself and be like, wow, that was such a... a uh, a good role, and uh, it meant a lot to me as a person. Have you ever had any experiences with either Maya or other characters? I know, yeah. again, in our circles, she's kind of like the go-to as the old-school classic um, last-seen lesbian. Oh, that makes me so happy. You're actually the first person who's ever told oh, me that. Okay. I did not know she was an icon for like the LGBTQ and anything. So that's really cool. Really for like aging millennials who remember watching it. Who remember watching like, it from back then, yeah. Wait a minute, that last shot. I know. Yeah, I mean, I, I loved playing Maya. I mean, I, I did the the reboot of the dub, so I, you know, I wasn't the voice back in the day. But, you know, that's, I mean, that's amazing that she's like, uh, like an icon for everybody. Oh, that's so sweet. But yeah, you are, you are the first person who has ever told me that. Of course, I don't speak for the entire community. Yeah, 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 uh, yes. With for our own circles and for myself, uh, really happy to, to see that role brought to life in a region. Oh, that's so nice! I loved being part of Evangelion. It was, a, it was. That's a very like that's like a holy grail show yes. in anime, yeah. and to have been part of it in any kind of capacity was amazing. The siren song of elder millennials. Yes, it is. <laughs> Seriously. Right, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Oh, back to all right, so one of my personal favorites of yours is the show Squid Girl. Oh, thanks. Um, I want to talk about one specific episode because it's one where the dub had to get a little creative. So oh, okay. in the Can Japanese version, mm-hmm. Squid Girl and the other people have to learn English. So oh. you guys had to go and be like, what can we do around this? Um, let's have them speak British. 
<laughs> That's so, usually what we do because it's very, those kind of like localization tricks are very they're very tricky and odd. like the Kayon movie we had to kind of do the same thing because we're, we're speaking English we're going to London but we're supposed to not be able to speak English so what do we do we did bad British accents <laughs> <laughs> that was what our equivalent was but yeah I think yeah I've, I mean kudos to the writing team for like thinking up a creative way to kind of get around that the joke because we still need the joke to land we just had to figure out a, another way to do it it's actually one of my favorite dub episodes because just so like unique to the idea of let's just have everyone speak like almost Cockney kind yeah. of British <laughs> accents and just the, using the vernacular and just hearing Squid Girl talking with that British accent is just yeah. one. In my opinion, it's probably one of the funniest moments I've seen <laughs> in any English dub. I mean, to be honest, I'm probably not acting. My British accent is not like the best so you know that wasn't too far of a reach for me but yeah I mean I'm glad they figured out a way to do it and I think it's a very funny way to do it so yeah yeah, yeah. you gotta be careful sometimes with that British accent especially if you try to say the word can't oh yeah oh yeah I just thought about it right now that's very true <laughs> and you've been a part of one of the most popular shonens to come out in recent history with Demon Slayer mm. what has it been, been like for the growth and popularity that that show has seen over the past couple of years. That's not, that's been like really crazy to me. I'm a very small part of Demon Slayer, but I've seen how popular that show is. It's really gotten to like the zeitgeist. I feel like it's mainstream. I know this is weird, but I saw one of the Kardashian kids have a Demon Slayer shirt on TV, and I was like, whoa, that this show must be super popular. So, yeah, and then, yeah, even when I'm not at anime conventions, I see Demon Slayer stuff everywhere. It's it's crazy, and I feel like anime, honestly, is just getting more and more mainstream and bigger and bigger and bigger, so, I mean, congrats to them. I mean, and to be part of it is really cool. I love anybody who comes up and brings their Demon Slayer stuff, and I hope I'm in it more as the show goes on, but, yeah, it's crazy how popular that show has become. And another question that I have for you, when COVID hit, kind of put a lot of stuff on hold as people try to figure out. Mm -hmm. Was it a big change for you to go from recording in the studio to having to have a home studio? Yes. Um, well, I always had like a. I recorded out of my closet from you know the when I would do most of us we would do um, auditions from home, so we usually have like a little bit of a home studio, but to go from you know, coming into the studio for our sessions to having to do everything from home was a big adjustment because we also had to be our own audio engineers now. So I had to know how to like, you know, work Pro Tools, like how to set up the mic, like how to make everything actually sound good so that it could be actually not just an audition but part of the actual show. And we wanted to make our jobs easier for the, the audio team on the studio side and, you know, give them proper, you know, clean, crisp sounding recordings. So. I've had to pick up some little skills here and there. And yeah, um, I recently just bought my own like professional vocal booth to be installed into my house. So now I don't have to record it out of my closet anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so playing Ionic or Silica and mm -hmm. sort of uh, sort of are you more interested, even if slightly, in MMOs, or are you more afraid of MMOs now? Oh, I mean, sort of, like, that, the whole, like, all the conundrums and things they find themselves in with those is a little scary, and it feels almost a little too close to home, because, I mean, like, 
I guess with AI and stuff, I start getting freaked out about the possibilities of technology and stuff, like the dangers of like an immersive world where you just completely lose yourself and stuff like that. So like after after playing Silica in that show, I was like, I'm never like my uh, my husband has that those like Oculus things, and I was like, this is getting too close. I'm like, I don't want anything to like microwave brain like microwave my brain or something or. I mean, not that I don't play an Oculus because I think it's going to microwave my brain. But yeah, like, I think it, uh, it brought up a lot of really interesting, um, you know, questions about the dark side of technology. So, but I do like playing, I used to play MMOs all the time when I was like in high school. I would stay up to like 5 a.m. playing Ragnarok and stuff like that. But I haven't, I haven't done it in a long time. Ragnarok Online was very niche. I remember when that first came out. That is, that is definitely a throwback. And we're answering my follow-up question. Oh, is it? Your favorite MMO was going to be. So yeah, <laughs> Ragnarok Online. That was a lot of fun. I do miss it. I do, too. I was always a, an acolyte or a priest or a healer kind of person. That was a uh, sword board. Oh, yeah. <laughs> People always needed a healer, so I was like, I'll be the healer. Yes. Yeah. Healers are everywhere. There's a couple of anime's about that. About is there? About how healers are like. So rare. I told. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> or at least a couple of bits in some other shows. What an inter that's that's interesting that that's like a a phenomenon that yeah. <laughs> everywhere that healers You're are right, everyone needs a healer. Yeah, but no one wants to be them. They right. want to be like the the what do you call it? Not the tank. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. CBS. Yes. Because those are very, you know, flashy and fun. But yeah. But people always ask me to be in their party at the healer. So. And you always get a guaranteed spot. In yeah. The party. You do. So you fast track the line in any of them. I did. I did learn that you should really be at the same level as everybody else, though. <laughs> because I had, I was in like a dungeon. Okay, this is like a huge tangent. I was in a dungeon with these people, and they were like, "We need a healer." I was like, "Okay," and I'm like still kind of weak. And everyone's like, heal me, heal me. And they're like running around, like dying. Everyone's around me is dead. And I'm like still trying to like charge. I'm like, I'm charging. I can't do anything. And everyone around me is dead. And I'm the last one alive. And I let everyone down. So. You really? I was like, I'm sorry, everyone. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. So, one of my personal favorite Western animated series of all, of all time is the French cartoon Wakfu. Oh, yeah. And you played probably my favorite character in the show, Amalia. Yeah. And you came into the role in season three with the rest of the new cast. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious to know if you were able to bring your own interpretation of Amalia to the microphone and if you had to watch, like, all the previous seasons of it to fully immerse yourself in that role. I didn't actually have time to watch all of the previous seasons. I knew that there were previous seasons. Mm -hmm. And... Sometimes, I mean, I guess I don't know the actual reason that they had a new cast versus the old cast, but I guess when I go into a role, I try not to do too much research because I don't want it to... Because sometimes when you research a lot, you kind of get, like, uh, stuck in your way, in your brain, and you need to be kind of flexible for what the director is going to tell you. So I kind of usually just, like, you know, not wing it, but I go in there kind of fresh and let the director and the show kind of inform my performance rather than the previous um, performances that have been already laid down. Uh, and I know that there's a fourth season right now being in the works. Has oh, there is any? there? Yes. So I guess you don't know. I don't, yeah. <laughs> yeah I asked you a question. I don't know. Usually, yeah, actors are usually the last people to know. I've had several people come to me saying, oh, are you excited for the new season of this or this is coming out? I'm like, I, I didn't know that. Thank you for telling me. 
<laughs> well, I will say that a lot of us who are big Wakfu fans, we we kind of hope that you guys go back and redub the first couple of seasons because oh, you guys did such a phenomenal job. Thank with you that. so much. It was really fun being a part of Wakfu. That would be amazing. Uh, do you? Uh, you said. There's a new one coming up of that. Season four is supposed to be the final season. Final season. season. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I hope we're I hope we're back. I hope so too. Yeah. And being a part of ReZero, mm. was it weird when they brought you back in for Isekai Quartet? Oh, that was fun. The little like uh, they were like the little like TV like things. It was really cute. And yeah, I don't think it was weird. I thought it was really funny, and then I got the chance to be felt in a different kind of way and it was like you know there's like these little cute bite-sized episodes but i thought that was really fun and i like that they there's like all this crossover with all these other shows and did you have any um familiarism with the other shows of isekai quartet before coming in did, had you seen konosuba or i heard of or, i was in a little i was like small things in konosuba what were the other ones that were part uh, of it was overlord saga kind of the evil konosuba re-zero and season two they brought in uh Oh, Ref, the one that Ref Kelly is in. Um, Rise of the Shield Hero. Yeah, I heard of Rise of the Shield Hero. What's the one with the... They had a movie where I think they brought in another one. Yeah, they brought really? in a different character from a different series. There's so many isekai series now. It's kind of a, a fun... I thought that's a very specific trope in those shows, and I find it so interesting that there's so many. But, yeah, I've only, I only know Konosuba and like maybe Rising of Shield Hero. Then that's, that's about it, but... Yeah, I haven't seen too much of the show other than the parts that I'm in, but it looks super cute. It, it was really well done, I, and the way that they had the characters interact across Isekai platforms. Mm -hmm. You saw people who should hate each other that have similarities, like <laughs> Aqua from Konosuba, and um, not Shaltir. God, my wife will kill me for forgetting. <laughs> Albedo. Mm -hmm. The succubus from Overlord, mm -hmm. like the two opposite spectrums, and they but they actually are share a common ground and go from hating each other to friends. Oh, that's so funny! So, uh, neat thing. And going back, going off of uh, your question about the MMORPGs, are you familiar with Bo Fury? No. What is that? Um, it's an anime called called Fury. I'm afraid to get hurt, so I maxed out my level. And it's how a girl who has no idea what she's doing gets talked into playing a video game with her friend. That's a VR MMORPG, mm -hmm. and basically becomes an endgame boss without knowing what she's doing. Oh, that's amazing! I feel like I relate to that because so, a lot of times I'm playing games and I have no idea what I'm doing. But that's really funny. What a fun premise! And they just finished season two. Actually, no, they're still in the middle of season two. It got delayed again mm -hmm. because of COVID stuff mm -hmm. going on in Japan. So I think there's still two episodes of that. Oh, wow. That finished out. Cool. But definitely something I'd recommend. It's one that all three of me and my two co-hosts, it's rare for us to find stuff we all agree on. Mm -hmm. That's one of, like, three. Oh, cool. Would say the name of the, the title again. It's, it's very long. It's called Bofuri. B-O-F-U-R-I. Bofuri, Okay. That's the easiest way to find it. Okay, I was like, because the other part was a very long title. And you can find it on Crunchyroll. Okay, cool. Awesome. I'll check it out. If you could do a convention at any of the places that you visited on your travel blog, between Toronto, oh. Seoul, and Toronto, where would you most want to do a convention? Oh, that's amazing that you even mentioned my travel blog. <laughs> I was like, does anybody watch this? I kind of do it for myself. But, um... Yeah, I've been to a lot of cool places. Not all of them have conventions, but I mean, I, 
I'm always down to go back to Japan. I mean, I, yeah, I've had, I've had like four vlogs in Japan, I think. But like, that would be really cool to go there. I, could, I couldn't even, I'm trying to think of a way that I could even be invited, but I don't know how. I do remember one really cool thing is that、um, when I did Skullgirls, they dubbed us into、um, Japanese. So, since we were the original voices of Skullgirls, I got to hear a Japanese person doing an impression of me. So, it was like, it was like, you know, it, got, it was like flipped and it was super amazing to hear what that I would sound like in Japanese. And I believe that it's the same person who voices Azusa, if I'm, if I'm correct. So, we are each other's like voice matches both ways. So, I think that would be, to be able to go there and meet like my Japanese counterparts would be amazing. When you went to Japan, were you mostly in Tokyo or did you get a chance to explore the rest of the country? Oh, we, well, mostly in Tokyo. We did go to Kyoto, which was really nice. Yeah, I would love to go to other places like、um, Okinawa or Hokkaido, even. I know Hokkaido's cold, but yeah. Hokkaido is next on my list. Is it? So maybe get the to go. For some reason, I don't know if you're familiar with a show called, I think it's Battle Athletes. You remember that show?、Mm-hmm. That was one of my favorite shows growing up. And there was a character who was from Hokkaido in that show. And I feel like she always drank milk. And milk was like a thing it was in Hokkaido. I guess the milk is good there for some reason. I figured the cows would be very cold. I didn't know you could raise cows up in the. Yeah, I'm gonna have to, do not quote me on that because I'm not sure. I'm not like saying that Hokkaido has great milk. I, I'll look it up. But yeah. Oh, yeah. I've never been to a hot spring, so that would be really cool to go to also. There was sort of a small one Is that the, where is the place where you can go with them and the monkeys are with you in the hot spring as well? Have you seen that? I think that is in Hokkaido. Is that in Hokkaido? Okay. Because it's cold there. Yeah, yeah, because they're always like snow. They are like the monkeys have like snow on them and、mm-hmm. it's really cold. But I was like, that would be really neat to do. I don't know how, <laughs> if they still do that or not, or if that's just、oh, what I've seen in photos or something. There's also a place with foxes that I wanted to go to. I don't. And deer and Nara. Oh, yeah, and the deer and Nara. I never got to do that either. And they bow to you and you、yeah. give them cookies yeah, and stuff. Yeah, we have another cookie star. Yeah, stuff. I've heard they're quite aggressive. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they will actually take the cookies out of here. Yeah, or I've seen that they'll, they'll, like, they'll nudge you and start like, really trying to get the cookies out of your bag. Yeah, the box experience sounds good too. I kind of learned what they were and I had a huge reaction, but it was so worth it. I had so many eclairs and croissants every day. I probably shouldn't do that again, but to have the experience once in my life was amazing. I think you're all agree. Butter is good. Butter is good. Yeah. <laughs> the Julie Child method. Yes, it is, exactly. We have time for just about a couple more questions.、Okay. Final questions if you want to get in one more quick question.、Uh, yeah. um, so, this is the one I always like to ask voice actors, and it can go for any acting experience. It doesn't have to be voice acting in anime, it could be any other roles you've played. But if you could erase every memory, Of having played that character, you know, done that role, and go through the process of dis- 
discovering them for the first time, fresh, without knowing about it again, oh, which one would you choose? That's very interesting. No one has ever asked me that before. Huh. That's kind of like having a favorite show and you're like, man, I wish I could like erase my memory and experience it all over again. Yeah. That's how I feel about The Office. Um, <laughs> let's see. I mean, honestly, Madoka was a very like formative acting experience for me and I learned so much doing Madoka. I really got to, because I think before that I was mostly doing comedies. So it was my first like real like dramatic role. And I feel like maybe to be able to go through that again, even though it was like, it was tough and I, you know, I had a lot of hard lessons. We had like, you know, long sessions, many takes to get it just right. I think it was a really like great experience and I would love to do Madoka all over again. Yeah. Awesome. For us, I'd just like you to uh, plug anywhere that our viewers can find you, your any YouTube channels, your travel vlogs, things of that nature. That way our fans can find more information out about you as a voice actor, not just the roles that you play. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, you can find me on, as uh, Christine Cabanos on Instagram, at Christine Cabanos. I think I'm... You can have to quote me on the... If you've typed in Christine Cabanos, you'll find me on Twitter. I'm also on Twitter. And I'm also Christine Cabanos on YouTube. And that's where all my travel vlogs are. It's no, There's no, usually not like about like, voice acting or anime or anything. That's just like my personal life and watching me travel. Which, unfortunately, I haven't got to do in these past years. This is my first convention in years. So, hopefully there'll be more there. Yeah. We're, we're excited that you're able to come out to Boston again. Welcome to the area. I'm from Boston originally, even though oh, yeah. I live in northern New York now. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I love Boston. My my husband went to school here, so he was happy to come with me and go to his old haunts and everything like that. So, yeah, we love it here. Okay, and uh, like our friends here, we also have sort of one question we ask everyone. Hmm. And if you have a side hustle or a side project, for example, oh. Walt makes uh, refrigerators that are chests, so they're like antique chests, but they're also iceboxes and refrigerators. And Young huh. has a Twitch channel where she voices the characters that she plays as big as uh, she voices the unique character, just the um, uh, she plays the games, and she'll like sometimes like, play it off like it's just you know a Twitch streamer. And oh, okay. So, like, it's kind of like a joke. I mean, um, I had, I mean, I still have. It's a, a very small apparel company. I actually made my tote. So, yeah, it says Salamat Po, which is in Tagalog. It means thank you in Tagalog. So I have, like, patches and pins and hats and totes and stuff there. So it's called smalljuly.com if you want to <laughs> go look at that. And then I also have, again, like, I like making my YouTube channel, my travel videos. I'm always doing that. And I'm actually trying to get into... Um, singing again. So I might be trying to post like, you know, covers of songs once I get my vocal booth going in my house again. And I, yeah, I would love to put out more music. I love to sing and I feel like it's something that I don't really do enough. So look out for that. <laughs> awesome. And the name of the uh, uh, company that you get the from? Oh, Small July. Small July. Awesome. Thanks. And we'll also look out for your uh, Oh yes. Thank you so much. Hola